Welcome to Sleeves Rolled Up. I'm your host, Julia DeRoto. When faced with the serious and complex needs of people in our society, many throw up their hands in exasperation. At the Salvation Army, however, we roll up our sleeves and get to work. Budget Day is a highly anticipated day each year where the government announces where funding is going to be allocated across key areas. At the Salvation Army, we are especially interested in how the budget affects the welfare of people in New Zealand. In this episode, we chat to Paul Barber, a social policy analyst at the Salvation Army, about the good, the bad, and the disappointing aspects of the 2022 budget. Kia ora, Paul, and thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Kia ora, Julia. It's a pleasure to be here. So last week, the government released the 2022 budget, and it's safe to say that we're not overly impressed with it. So let's start with the not-so-good areas. Um, the cost of, cost of living relief package seems like a good idea, but it actually specifically excludes vulnerable people, like those on a pension or people who are currently on a benefit, which is not great. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that we're disappointed and mm. uh, underwhelmed by um, the decisions made in, in the budget and the cost of living payment, um, excluding people on benefits, people on ended super, those receiving the winter energy payment, seemed um, unnecessary and, and in fact disappointing because that's the group of people who really are doing it uh, toughest at the moment and most in need of assistance. It's good to see some direct assistance being uh, targeted into the mid-income range, which are feeling the pinch right now. Mm -hmm. And the temporary payment that'll go from August to um, and through October will provide some help and relief at a time when right living costs are rising. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it, it would have been nice to have seen that go further, mm -hmm. and it's disappointing that it hasn't happened. Yeah, absolutely. So despite the increases to benefit levels over the last year or so, we're still seeing everyday people who are falling increasingly behind due to the ever-rising ever cost of living and also unsustainably higher rental costs. Um, these people needed a major boost in the budget that they didn't receive. Yes, that's uh, what has not happened is mm. that direction. In, in the lead up to the budget, we were look, calling for some direct assistance um, towards the living costs of our people who are, are really doing it tough at the moment. And we, we suggested that the best way to do that would be through the accommodation supplement. Mm. That's a, a supplement that goes to people who are on lower incomes, uh, most of whom are renting, um, but some of whom are also in home ownership. And it would be a way of directly addressing the rising rental costs we've seen, mm. but, and as well as the living costs. But for the people that the Salvation Army is working with, we're seeing that you know, more than half of their, their income is eaten up by rent. And uh, the higher rent is, the harder it is to find space for food mm -hmm. and for, for the other living costs. And so it would have been a good way. So, But the government instead chose to do the cost of living payment, which is a similar way of trying to address the problem, but as we've already said, has um, excluded mm. one of the groups that was doing it um, toughest. That's right. So the government called this a secure future budget. Now, how does the well-being of Kiwis factor into this? From our perspective, for for your security of future, you want to be able to find somewhere to live that you can afford. You want to be able to put food afford to put food on the mm -hmm. table and be able to look after your family, look after your health, um, get get your children to school, and get yourself into uh, work or employment, or be able to contribute to society mm -hmm. if you're not able to be in paid work. 
that's what a secure future looks like mm. for our for people. And while there, there's some good things in this budget, and we have to be really um, welcoming of those good things, there's a lot of insecurity that's ahead for people right now as we continue to go through the crisis that's uh, been accompanying us through the pandemic in the last two years. But we're also uh, facing a lot of uncertainty going forward about what's going to happen with uh, with the economy, with uh, with employment, with with uh, even with the health situation. So, mm. uh, you know, having having the security of a decent income would have been would be mm. uh, is really crucial. Mm. And actually, let's touch on that on that health um, aspect that you mentioned. So. There was a lot of funding announced for health areas, including a huge amount on the new Māori Health Authority. Should you chat a little bit about that? Yes, health was the big focus mm. of the budget. That, and we're in the middle of a major re, re, rejigging of how health is done in New Zealand. The amount of money that's going in is being directed towards designing a health system to address some of the things that uh, the pandemic, for instance, has shown us. Uh, has been going on that uh, that the inequities that exist in our system, and so it is important that uh, new structures and new ways are found to direct health funding, and it needs to reach the communities that have uh, mm. been missing out. Maori communities, Pacific communities, particularly, have not been well served by the current way our health system is set up, and it's to be hoped, and we, we will be looking to see um, real concrete changes for people and communities. Mm. I think another aspect that we look at it from the from in the Salvation Army is working with addictions and, and people under uh, living with uh, addictions and trying to uh, de- deal with them and and and, and overcome them. Uh, we're really hoping to see that within this health spending, uh, about a hundred million dollars has been set aside for what is described as frontline addictions and mental health services. And we are really hoping that that money will actually get through to those community-based yeah. services, working where people are actually. Uh, dealing with uh, the challenges that are arising. It's been a, it's a stressful time for people uh, over this COVID period and that's exacerbated many of those addiction pressures, whether, whether it be to alcohol, uh, gambling, uh, drugs, so those mm-hmm. pressures are very real. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really interesting to see how that all kind of plays out over the next year. Yeah. So um, let's talk about a couple of the good areas from the budget. Um, there were some some relief for marginalised communities. Uh, so there's half price public transport for community service card holders. Now I actually thought that was for all public transport users, but it seems like that's just. Well, a couple of things have happened in the budget. They've extended the current half price fares for everybody for another two months. So mm. July and August, we'll we'll still see a ha- um, half price fares for everyone. Mm. But from August, uh, uh, from after once that ends. Um, we'll, that's where the cost of living payment is intended to kind of fill that gap a little bit for the, mm. for a wider group of people. But it, yeah, it is the really good news is that people with community, community service cards, mm. those, and that is low income, people on low mm. income, they will be able to access going forward half price yeah. um, public transport. Which is fares. so important for being able to get to work or get to appointments. Yeah, yeah, you'll hear so often from people that uh, simply the bus fare can be too much for them uh, to get out at all mm. or a major obstacle for getting into employment. Mm-hmm. So, yes, um, mm. reduced public transport is great. Yeah. Something else that was really cool to see is um, a pretty significant increase in the dental grant, which went from $300 to $1,000 for low-income families. So that's fantastic. Indeed, it's it's much needed. And 
an example of how the levels of grants have not, are not looked at regularly enough and the dental health grants have gotten way behind what's actually realistic for people to be mm. able to get decent mm. health care. Yeah. So there was also some changes to child support payments. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, this is the main area around child poverty, in fact, that the, uh, it was addressed in this budget. It's, uh, it's a little bit of a hard thing to explain, but except for those who've actually experienced it. But as a sole parent, the uh, the other parent who has required to pay child support payments, those payments did not go to the parent who had custody. Instead, they just went into the general pool of government spending. And the person with custody uh, simply um, accesses the sole, uh, sole parent mm. allowance um, and whatever further allowances they might be entitled to. This, of course, is both unfair for both the the, the parent with custody and for the person paying support mm. in that their support does not actually go to the child they're trying to support. That's right. And mm -hmm. so this is a fantastic change that's going to happen. It's been called for for years and um, it won't come into effect until July next year because it's going to go through a whole process of legislation mm. change that seems to need a year to happen. But uh, it is a surprisingly large number of people this affects. Uh, they're mm. estimating 41,000 uh, sole parents are uh, affected by this and that it will lift about up to 14,000 children out of poverty. And it seems there's quite a group of, of children in sole parent households that where the households are earning close to the poverty line, so to speak, and this may, may well help some of those families mm. get over the line. Yeah, that'd be great to see. But it's a bit, dis it's in the whole disappointing context of child poverty because the figures in the budget show that they're actually expecting child poverty to increase, increase this year to, mm. to the end of June 2022. Uh, and the impact of this change will not uh, affect, it will come into effect first in the 23-24 mm. year. So again, things are getting pushed out um, yeah. and that's, that's disappointing. And a real concern for us is that we don't seem to be making enough progress on reducing child poverty. This is something we have repeatedly pointed to. Mm. Most of the children in poverty are living in households that rely on benefits. And we can see making one small change lifts quite a few children out of poverty. A few other small changes would uh, lift a lot more children and the benefit increases announced in April were um, based on figures done four years ago and of course living costs have have moved a lot since then and so we're in a we're still needing how to do some real catch-up if we're going to continue to lift children out of poverty. And one observation I've had looking at this budget is uh, a Government is making a lot of a real big issue out of the fact that we're the we have the lowest debt as a government as a nation the lowest government debt of anyone we want to compare ourselves with our debt levels around half that of Australia um, a fraction of that of the UK or the United States um, or even Canada um, those are countries we compare ourselves against um, they don't talk about our comparative child poverty rates and. So my way of thinking, and I'd be suggesting that many people might agree with that, that we might reward, would rather be the country with the lowest child poverty rates and mm -hmm. maybe live with our, because at the moment our child poverty rates are above average for the OECD, the mm -hmm. group we compare ourselves with, but our debt level is the lowest. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'd want to, perhaps, Absolutely. Happy, we'd be happy with it the other way around. And for a government that campaigned on ending child poverty, it is interesting that they haven't put the, the money where their mouths are really. 
not this year. We, mm. we live in hope that um, there can be decisions made in the coming months. There's various areas being worked on. I have to say what, what we talked about with the accommodation supplement, that is being reviewed. Um, working for families, a really important poverty reduction mm. uh, uh, policy in this country is also being reviewed. There are opportunities to make some changes, yeah. and we hope those will be sooner rather than later. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so there were also some good steps forward in terms of housing. So can you hi highlight a couple of areas where we're expecting to see some good progress? Yeah, housing has seen some several important changes this mm. time. The, the first uh, obvious change is an introduction of what's they've called a, an affordable housing fund which will be an, is a fund that will give grants and low interest loans to organizations that are building affordable affordable rental properties so it's a uh, so that will enable philanthropic money and uh, government grants to be sort of combined and maybe mm. with private impact investment type money to enable more of the of the rental that's not social housing not public housing but or community housing but is a is a, at the affordable mm. end of rentals, mm. and that's a really important development. It's a, it's a, just under three hundred million or so that's available, and that looks a really promising thing. Mm. Um, and there are several other sort of interesting looking things. There's money set aside to review how we approach emergency uh, housing mm. at the moment. About a three hundred fifty million dollars a year was spent last year on um, providing emergency housing. And there's money set aside, $355 million over two years to reset and rethink that approach. And we hope that will, will be a reset that actually leads to more long-term long solutions for people um, in currently having yeah. um, an emergency housing. Yeah. And there's a continuing commitment to, to building more public housing. Mm -hmm. And the government plans over the next two years are to add another... Uh, six, seven thousand public housing units, and uh, an exciting part of the developments is one of the examples of one of those things where it may not, on a national scale, look huge, but uh, in, in in the community of mm. Parirua and Parirua East, the decision to fund up to three hundred houses for Pacifica families, together with uh, Ngati Toa, um, in that area, that will make a real impact in one of the um, areas mm. of uh, New Zealand and where housing is uh, a, re a real housing problem. Yeah, if anyone's ever driven around those areas of Porirua, it is it's really eye opening actually. Just seeing the seeing the state of the housing that people are living in and just trying to get by. So it'll be great to see see some investment in the area. Um, so is there anything else you want to to add about the budget before we wrap up? I think there's in the category of some really good positive initiatives that are going to make it make a difference. Just a couple more housing related things. Mm. We, we need to acknowledge that increasing the, the various caps and levels for the first home grants will help people in mid incomes yes. again to get into housing. It probably won't do much for those on the lower incomes, mm. um, but it will provide some additional help. Uh, and, and for those of us that, uh, people who are in the transitional and emergency housing that the Salvation Army has now, a new approach to what they call housing support products, which is things to help people get into private rentals. Um, they're changing the way that's funded, which looks like it 
could make it um, give, give more assistance to people to get into and retain um, a private rental housing. Because we have to remember that <clears throat> most of the people on low incomes in New Zealand are renting and they're renting in the private sector. The you know, public and community housing is still a fraction. It's less, uh, mm. just over 10% of all rental housing is, is in that category. The rest are people renting simply in the private market and they're needing all the help they can get. Mm. Uh, and related to that uh, is um, help to fund financial capability services further. Uh, that's the financial mentoring, uh, like mm. it's provided by many organisations, including the Salvation Army. And the increased need that people have been seeing in the communities has been recognised with further funding to um, help people get through that. Similarly, it, is, it looks like there's a boost for legal aid funding. And again, for people who... Uh, need legal support through the criminal justice system. This is a crucial thing, and that's under real pressure at the moment. And there are things for a boost for driver license training, which is really a crucial one too. Our our own uh, communities, our ministries, people are are really clear that that's one of the very concrete ways you can help, especially young people, mm. uh, get a chance to uh, secure employment or and simply be able to have a bit of control over their lives Absolutely. and afford the costs of involved in, in getting a driver's license. That's right. So, um, and, you know, we've been talking, there's the, there's the talk around food prices and the government's decision to move quickly on uh, one of the recommendations arising out of the review of the grocery sector, um, that is to ban supermarkets putting restrictive covenants on land mm. near them so that the competitors can't set up. Is a very direct and straightforward step to try and improve competition. I'm afraid that won't probably drop prices overnight, but um, it is a sign that um, that action is being taken, and we we would like to see a lot more work done to open up the the yeah I guess open up the grocery sector to other uh, opportunities for um, change. And we you know we've talked in the past about social supermarkets. And, yes. And, Things where communities perhaps actually get the returns that are from running their own type mm. of uh, supermarkets that work for them in their in their own communities. Absolutely. But again, that's something that oh, that'll take time. Yeah. So, so yeah, watch the space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, that's been a really good overview, and I hope that um, everyone listening has found it helpful. So, any any last words? The message out of this budget is we've got to be, we're going to have to persist in working for those who are excluded in this country because uh, the voice, the influence we have is pretty marginal when there's all sorts of other pressures on decisions that are made by government. Mm -hmm. uh, so our call uh, as Christians and as mm -hmm. people who care about fairness and justice is to see the hopeful signs, build on them and to keep the pressure on for change where it's really needed. Mm, absolutely. Thanks again for your time, Paul, and I'm sure we'll be chatting again in the future. Thank you.